welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Listen, folks, let's pray together. Uh, I have a word for you this morning. I'm calling it ceilings, brackets, break on through to the other side. So if there are any Doors fans here in the, uh, in the auditorium, repent. I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, let's pray. Will you lift your hands with me in faith and let's ask the Lord to come and touch his word for his glory. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence that is already in this place. Thank you for the glory of the gospel, Lord. Thank you for how you visit us, Lord. Not just that one time at Calvary, Lord, when you died for our sins to redeem us, Lord, not with just silver and gold, but with your precious blood. But Lord, how you visit us again and again, Lord, with your grace, with your love, with your kindness, with your patience, with your comfort, with your healing, with your forgiveness, oh God. And I just pray this morning as we open up your word that you would speak to your people, Lord. Use me. I am just a man. I need you. Uh, I'm weak. I have nothing to give these people. But would you speak through me, Lord, one more time for the praise of your glory, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, church, God bless you this morning. I hope you're all doing okay. Uh, my prayer is that this word blesses you. Um, let's turn to Mark chapter 2, and I'd like to read the first, um, I suppose, 11, 12 verses. So why don't you turn there? It's a familiar story about Jesus healing uh, a paralytic man, a man paralyzed uh, on a mat. And um, I'm just going to read the passage to you, and then we'll go. Sound okay? Let's do it. Mark 2, and when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. Verse 3, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. That is bold. Amen. Say bold. Yes, say expensive. Yes, right. And when they had made an opening, they let down the, the, the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose immediately, picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. 
Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for your word this morning. What an amazing thing. Jesus had just finished a successful healing campaign in Capernaum. He'd gone to Nazareth only to be rejected by those in his hometown. At that point then, he returns to Capernaum where the scriptures say he was in a home. But folks, actually, it can be better rendered as he was at home. Isn't that amazing? Because Jesus was in his own house. This opens the scriptures up to me straight away. Jesus is on his own, in his own house. Most people think that actually it was a home he shared with Peter and Peter's mother. And so the scriptures say Jesus was in the home and he was preaching the word. Hallelujah. Jesus has come. He's taken his place and the word of God is going forth. Glory to God. And the Bible says that there were four men and a man who was paralyzed and they tried to enter. Scriptures say that the place was thronged with people. People were, were pressing in to hear Jesus. The whole of the gospel of Mark is about the authority that Jesus's word has. The scriptures say that he spoke with authority. The scriptures say in the previous chapter that no one spoke like this man, that he brought a, te a teaching about the kingdom of God that had come, hallelujah, and he spoke with authority. And so the word was coming, being proclaimed, and the people come, the men come, and there's no space. They can't get in. So they just took their mat and walked home. Well, it must be God's will. Amen? No. The Bible says that when they tried the door and they couldn't get through the door, and when they tried to get in through the crowds and the crowds resisted them and they couldn't get in, the Bible says they went higher to the roof. And when there was no visible entryway, you see, roofs back in those days were thatched, there were beams, and then the beams were thatched with all sorts, and then there was, there was mud that became like cement in the, in the sun. So it was, a, it was sort of, was a lot going on there. So this was a big renovation job, but when there was no way in, they made a way in. You know, a couple of years back, we were right here in the sanctuary having a prayer and healing service. I don't know if you remember that, uh, that service. It was powerful. The Lord was moving, but someone was using a pneumatic drill in the, in, the, in the next building, amen? Has anyone ever heard of a new, anyone ever hear a pneumatic drill? It sort of sounds like this. It's quite good, isn't it? So the, the, the Lord is moving in the room. People are being healed, delivered, lives are being transformed. And as this is happening, some well-meaning construction worker on the other side of that wall. <laughs> Folks, it was sort of like that, I think. Jesus is preaching. The power of God is there. Healings are taking place. Yet there are distractions happening. Amen. <laughs> Folks, you know, sometimes if you want to receive from Jesus, you got to press through. Hallelujah. You got to keep going, even in the face of distraction. And so as Jesus is preaching, the first bit of cement from the roof above starts to fall. Maybe only one or two daydreamers at the back notice it, because after all, he was a wonderful preacher. 
Was that something? No, probably not. And then more, and then more, and then more, until all of a sudden the light, the sunlight breaks in through the top of the roof. And all of a sudden, everybody looks up to see a man laid down, down through a hole by four of his closest friends. And the scriptures say when Jesus saw their faith, everything began to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, I want to talk to you about receiving from God. Sometimes you have to push through barriers to receive things from Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to say this morning that you, we, need to have high expectations coming into this week of prayer and fasting. We do. Can I get an amen? Amen. We need to have high expectations. We do. Can I read a passage of scripture to you before we go any further? It's well known. It's from Hebrews chapter 4. Bear with me this morning. Hebrews 4.14 says, So then, since we have a high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he's faced all, uh, with all of the same, he has faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And look at verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. What an invitation this morning as we step into prayer and we step into fasting for a week. But the truth is, like Pastor Nick was saying earlier, a lot of us can slip into cruise control, can't we? We can sort of forget that this is a week on the calendar where we can press in and receive from the Lord and we can start to slip into sort of a, you know, we can, we can fall into this week instead of walking in with intention. And I wanna say something to you this morning. Miracles have a lot to do with mindset. Hallelujah, they do. So I want to ask you this morning, what sort of mindset are you bringing into this week of prayer and fasting? What sort of mindset are you bringing into this place where we can receive freely from Jesus Christ who died and paid it all so that we could receive grace and help in time of need? Folks, I want to say this morning to you that there is a mindset that empowers a bold approach. Amen? We're called to approach boldly. That there's a view of Jesus that sparks a faith that cannot be held back. Glory to God. A confidence this morning. Lift your hands with me this morning if you want to come into this week of prayer and fasting with a divine confidence. God, I'm coming with needs I'm coming with things that I want to see your hand touch. I want deliverance. I want change. I'm trusting you. I will not look at this coming week as a throwaway moment, but I'm coming with intention. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you look at the text, there are two groups of people. One had every obstacle. One group had every obstacle, but didn't give up coming expecting to receive, and yet the other had a barrier, except had no barrier except the one in their minds. I'm going to break that apart now, but I want us to take a quick overview this morning. I want to talk to you today about three false ceilings, an open door, a true ceiling, 
and a reason to confidently approach. Amen? That's where we're going today. Let's do it. So Mark 2, the first few verses. And they came bringing the paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him, because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they'd made an opening, they laid down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Folks, if I am, right, say it with me, if I am going to receive, go ahead. Over this next week of prayer and fasting, I must remember there is power in persistence. Amen. There is power in persistence. I want to talk to you about three false ceilings. We've heard that Jesus was home. He was in his place of power and authority and the word was going forth and the men came and they found a door that they couldn't come through. They found a crowd that they couldn't penetrate. The man himself was a cripple and there was even a ceiling with no apparent door and yet they found their way to Jesus, to his presence. Listen, for some of us, our expectations are low because of what we think is a barrier. Amen? We are too easily deterred. Follow me, track with me. There's three doors here. How about the door? The door of disappointment. You walk in expecting to come through the front door. You come in with your need, expecting to enter in in, in, a, in in the most obvious way into the presence of God, and it doesn't work that way. And so many of us struggle to bring our needs to Jesus because of disappointments. We've been disappointed before. We've been disappointed. We've come, and it's not worked. It's not happened straight away. And we sort of fall back because we're disappointed. Or how about the crowds? That can be rejection, folks. Sometimes we come and we can't shake the sense that because people have rejected us, God might reject us as well. Sometimes rejection can play into our, our, our desire to persist and press in. And sometimes it can even be our own failures. You know, back in antiquity, sin uh, 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 paralysis was linked with the idea of, of sin. So I'm going to just take that idea for a second, not to say the man was paralyzed because he was a sinner, but I want to look at the idea that sometimes our failures can be barriers to entry. Because we fail, because we fall short, sometimes we lose our confidence when it comes to pressing in and receiving from Jesus. And we get too easily deterred, folks, by our disappointments, by our rejections, by our failures. And we turn back and we start to rationalize it and justify it. Well, maybe it's just the will of the Lord that I walk on through life with this need. And, and all of a sudden we start to think that maybe it's more the will of God that I even have it. Can you, can you identify with that this morning? You start to justify it. Well, do you know, maybe it's just the will of God for my life. Maybe it's just the way that it is. And barriers speak to us. Barriers, if we let them, will try and reflect to us where we are standing is in God. Barriers will speak to us for God if we let them. Barriers at a certain point will deter us, yet these men remain undeterred. These barriers in your life, whatever they are, they don't speak for God. Keep pressing through. 
Keep pushing through. We're too easily deterred. We, yes, there are barriers in life. We all have barriers in life, but we are too quick to view them as a sign that God doesn't want us to obtain something as opposed to them being something we should press through by faith. It's not a sign to turn back. It's a sign to press on. Amen. Do you know what I love? When they couldn't find a way in, they went higher. Hallelujah. When they couldn't get in, when the barriers, when there was resistance, they didn't take their mat and their friend and their need and go home. Instead, they went higher. Higher because the word of God was being preached, folks. And sometimes our approach has to be not necessarily dictated or motivated by, by the barriers in front of us, but the, but the word that's spoken over us that speaks of higher things. You got to come by the promises, folks. You got to come by the promises. I'm not going to look at those barriers to entry. I'm going to come by the promises. His word has gone forward in my life. His word is speaking higher things to me. He's willing. Amen. What does he say? Listen, let's go, folks. Listen to me. They pressed on and in in spite of what seemed like insurmountable odds. Most of us would have abandoned hope and said it was God's will. Oh, don't say that this week. Don't resign yourself. Oh, it was just, it's just God's will. I prayed it didn't work. Oh, you know, people reject me. Maybe that's God speaking through their rejection. Oh, it'll never work. Press through, go higher. God's word, God's promises to you are yes and amen. They are yes and amen. I will not let a barrier tell me what I can receive from God. Hallelujah. I won't let it tell me that. I'm going higher. I'm going higher. Hallelujah. They couldn't enter through the door. They couldn't press through the crowd. Instead, they went to the roof. They went higher. And it's time to go higher than ground level. Above the things that appear to be a no. Faith says yes. Yes, those barriers are saying no, but faith says yes. And we have access by faith. It is not a no. He wants us to go to the place of faith in him in spite of the barriers because faith pleases him. Faith pleases him. Blaise Pascal said this, faith is a sounder guide than reason. Reason can only go so far, but faith has no limits. Hallelujah. If they'd been led by reason, they would have turned back. If they'd been led by reason, they would have retreated. Yet faith leaps over the walls we can't climb. That man was paralyzed on his bed, yet his faith was already in the room with Jesus. Those men were faced by a door they couldn't walk through, a crowd they couldn't press through, a ceiling they couldn't see through, yet their faith was already touching the Son of God. Faith pleases God. Where is your faith today? Don't look around at your surroundings. Don't look at the barriers. Let your faith rise in the name of Jesus. Faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. Hallelujah. Corrie ten Boom. Faith receives the impossible. He is willing. Jesus says in Luke eleven nine through 13, I tell you, ask and you shall receive. 
Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks the door, to, to him the door will be opened. That's either true or it isn't. That speaks something higher than the barrier. Jesus was preaching the word to them. Jesus was elevating the word to its proper place, to the place of authority. Either the barrier has authority to speak over your life and what you should receive or not receive from God, or his word has ultimate authority to tell you what you can receive when you go to him. Thank you for the barriers, Lord. They've pushed me higher to come on the basis of your promises. Thank you, Lord. They pushed me higher. I will not be deterred. He has spoken. Faith in response to the word opens doors, grants access. I haven't experienced it, but it's written in his word and it's good enough for me. Hallelujah. I don't see it. I can't sense it. But when I begin to trust his word, a hand the size of a fist appears on the horizon. All rain is coming, hallelujah. Blessing is coming, hallelujah. Dr. Martin Luther Jones, uh, Luther, yeah, Lloyd King. <laughs> David Martin Lloyd Jones. There it is. Thank you. Quoted a man called Thomas Goodwin. This is what he said. Sometimes you need to sue God. Don't get offended. Listen to me. Sue him for it. Sue him for it. Do, don't, do not leave him alone. Pester him, as it were, with his own promise. Tell him what he has said he is going to do. Quote the scripture to him, and you know God delights to hear us doing it, as a father likes to see his element in his own child, who has obviously been listening to what his father has been saying. It pleases him. The child may be slightly impertinent. It does not matter. The father likes it in spite of that. And God is our father and he loves us and he likes to hear us pleading his own promises, quoting his own words to him, saying in light of this, can you refrain? It delights the heart of God. Sue him. Sue him. Speak to him. Lord, Bring the word, open it in your prayer closet. Lord, your word says this. Lord, you said you'd never abandon me, that you'd never, you'd, I would never be put to shame if I put my trust in you. Lord, you said that, your David said in the Psalms that he was once young and now he's old and he's never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. I have bills to pay. I need finance, Lord. You said it. Now I'm suing you over it. It is my right as your child. You're my father. You love me. I won't look at the barriers. I'm pressing through. Faith made a way. Faith made a door. Faith made a way when there was no way. Oh, you may not have strength this morning. You may have no strength at all. But let your faith rise above your circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, listen to me. I may not look like it, but, but I can be a Karen. I can. I can be a Karen. A number of, uh, probably about two years ago now, I went to CompUB on Opera Lane, and I bought a Juku lightning cable 
for my, iP- I, my iPhone. And I was told repeatedly over the counter, it is a quibble-free return guarantee. If it doesn't work for any reason, just bring it back and I'll give you a new one. That's what I was told, amen? So sure enough, it worked for about two weeks and then gave up on me. Let me tell you, because I had a guarantee, I walked back into that shop in confidence. Oh, I was confident. I had a guarantee. I knew what was mine by rights. It, it was written. Hallelujah. Amen. So in a walk, in a walk, I said, hello, I'd like a new Juku cable. Juku cable, this one isn't working. To which the man from behind the counter said, oh yeah, let me see it. Excuse me. I said, oh yeah, I want to see it. So I handed it to him and he took it out of the box that I had neatly wrapped it in. And he pulled it out and he said, can I see your iPhone? I said, yes. So he took my iPhone and he plugged the iPhone into the lightning cable and sure enough, it worked. (laughs) That wasn't stopping me, folks, because I know know how these things go. If I'd backed away there and then, that thing wouldn't have worked for me when I got home. So I said, listen, I don't care if it works now. It hasn't been working for two weeks. You told me that I could get a new one. And he goes, well, you, you can't. I mean, it doesn't, it works. So is that right? Where is your manager? Oh, the spirit of Karen came upon me. Where is your manager? Because my manager's out. I said, that's fine. I'll wait. Folks, because I knew what I wanted, because I knew what was mine by right, even though there was a barrier, resistance, I'll wait. I'll speak to the manager. And so I sat down in the middle of Comfy B on, on one of the Comfy couches in the shop. If you've been to Comfy B, you know there are no seats in Comfy B. I sat on the floor. Oh, the spirit of Karen was upon me, a double portion. I sat on the floor and I just waited. And the guy started to get more and more uncomfortable. More and more uncomfortable. We could see it start to get flushed every time he looked at me. He was serving customers, but you could see he wasn't really happy with me sitting on the ground. Right? Don't judge me. He came over to me and very sheepishly said, um, listen, um, I can actually just, I can get you a cable if you want. I said, that sounds wonderful. That sounds wonderful. That's very kind of you. I think I will take a new cable, as is my right. So up we got... And sure enough, I got a new cable. Amen. Yes. And it turned out the manager of Comby B was my friend anyway. So he came and he said, oh, Patrick, how's it going? How's things going? Oh, you need a new cable? Oh, I'll get you one. Oh, you've already been sorted out? That's fantastic. What's the point of the story? What's the point of the story? Know what is yours. And wait even in the face of resistance. God knows what he's doing at the right time. The manager who loves you will come in. There's favor folks available. I got my cable. Hallelujah. (laughs) Folks, it's amazing. The view that the men had of Christ was clear in spite of all that stood in their way because they viewed him through the eyes of faith. Wonderful. Wonderful. Let's keep going. Verse five. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Repeat with me. 
if I'm going to receive over this next week of prayer and fasting, I must remember behind my barrier is an open door. Hallelujah. It's an open door. Jesus Christ is the door to the grace that I'm seeking. Hallelujah. Behind all the barriers, behind all the barriers, the Son of God is waiting to receive me. Not as a cripple, not as a failure, as a son, as a son. Welcome, son. Oh, it's wonderful. Hallelujah. Listen to this, Billy Graham. Jesus Christ opens heaven, opened heaven's door for us by his death on the cross. Amazing, amazing this morning. And Jesus saw their faith. He sees your faith. Keep pushing. Access is through him and him alone. And faith is never an interruption to Jesus. Hallelujah. Come by faith, it's never an interruption. Oh, he was mid-sermon, but they were right on time. Hallelujah. Listen, Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter the holy places, by what? By the blood of Jesus. By the new and living way that he opened through the curtain that is through his flesh. He's the open door. Hallelujah. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full, say full, full assurance of faith, full assurance, because he is the door and he is the way that we receive. There's treasure behind the ceiling. I read a story recently of a couple that found a fortune hidden behind a false ceiling in their house. Amazing. It was there for 60 years until one day they decided to break through the ceiling. And as soon as they broke through it, they found treasure. Jesus Christ is the treasure behind the ceiling. He's the open door behind the ceiling. You need to know what's waiting for you if you'll but trust him and keep going and believe that there is something for you. There is. And here's the door to what? True identity and true healing. Hallelujah. The healing of forgiveness welcomed as a son. Isn't it wonderful? That means there was belonging before there was healing. There was belonging before anything happened physically to this man. God gave him belonging. God gave him acceptance. God gave him approval. Yes, the crowds and the door and the roof had told him no. But there in the presence of Jesus, he found a true identity. I am not what has happened to me in my life. I am not my barriers. They don't define me. They don't tell me what I'm worth. I am a son and I can receive as a son. I am a son this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a son this morning. Isn't it wonderful? The true healing of forgiveness. Jesus comes to heal us from the inside. He came to touch what the man needed most. Forgiveness, healing. It's wonderful. He paid for the new wine of forgiveness. Isn't that great? His blood is the gold that backs the currency of his word. 
It's not just empty words. When the son of man says, get up off your mat, or when he says, you're healed, son, be made well. It's not just words or euphemisms or platitudes. His blood is the gold standard that makes his word a guarantee. It's wonderful. And so he's the door, not our religion, not our efforts, not what we do to get in, not us coming in a way that we think will be acceptable to God. No, the boldness is coming anyway, as long as it's by faith to sonship and to true forgiveness. Repeat after me. If I'm going to receive over this next week of prayer and fasting, I must remember. You're getting very good at that. Fair play to you. You can be right in front of Jesus and still not receive. The Pharisees had no barriers. They sat right in front of Jesus Christ. They were right there. They were right there. And they could receive nothing because of their mindset. They could receive nothing because the contemplation of their hearts toward the Son of God was wrong. If you like, their view of God got in the way of their view of God. It's not where you are. Sometimes it's where your head is at. It's not about the obstacles. The only barrier is your thinking this morning. You have no more ability to get to Jesus than the cripple. And sometimes it's the faith of others that has landed you in his presence. But come, come with the right view of Christ. I want to ask you this morning. You know, for them, it was religion. It was the conditions they put on Jesus. Jesus can only heal a certain way, at a certain time, certain people, a wineskin that they'd put to try and contain the new wine, an old wineskin to try and contain the new wine of his grace. They'd put conditions on Christ and when he broke through, they were offended. It's amazing. There is a mindset that empowers a bold approach. There is a view of Jesus that sparks a faith that can't be held back. But there's also a mindset that can keep us on the outside of what he wants to give us. You know, miracles do begin with mindset. Look at Matthew 9, 20 to 22. The woman bleeding for 12 years with the issue of blood. The Bible says in verse 20 of, of Matthew 9, suddenly a woman who'd suffered from bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Isn't that amazing? So she said it to herself. So her miracle began with her mindset. She decided something about reaching out through the barriers to meet the Son of God. And just like it says in, in the passage about the paralytic, the Bible says that Jesus saw her. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus saw her. But there is an old wineskin mindset that the Lord wants to deliver us from. What conditions have we put on Jesus? He can only move a certain way at a certain time with certain people. In other words, are you ready to receive what God wants to give you by grace alone? Or is it just too easy? That was the offense. What do you mean, Jesus, that you can just heal this man with a word? 
The God of our religion is distant. Any favor has to be earned. Jesus had elevated above their religion, above effort, above human performance, his own word, and it offended them. It was just too easy. In 2 Kings 5, Naaman, seeking a healing, goes, meets Elisha, and he's offended. Why? Because Elisha sends a servant out to tell him to go and dip himself in the Jordan seven times and be healed. The Bible says Naaman's furious. I thought the man of God would have come out himself and that he would have put a hand over the spot and prayed to his God and I would have been made well. Why do we need the theater? Why do we need the theater? What's wrong with simple faith in the word of God this morning? Well, we need the theater. We need an experience. We need an altar experience. There's nothing wrong with altars, but you can make an altar in your car, in your home by yourself. We don't need, well, I need a pastor to pray for me. I can't pray for myself. I need a pastor to intercede for me. I can't pray on my own. I need somebody to come and I need there to be words and theatrics and simple faith is the order of the day in the gospel. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I don't need theater for you to touch my life. I don't need all of that. You can touch me with just a word. Hallelujah. It's not about my performance anymore. It's not about, the, it's not about me anymore. And that offended them. It's not about me anymore or how I enter in or what I've done, Lord, to merit anything from you. It's pure grace. Pure grace, purely on the merits of Jesus, purely according to his word, purely according to his goodness and his mercy. And he is compassionate and willing. Oh God, help me shed that mindset. Oh, we sit and we think that we can't, we, we, we judge others who are entering in that we can't receive for ourselves. Oh Lord. So many resist the idea that receiving from him isn't about us. And then the next thing, so many of us disagree with Jesus about what our greatest need actually is. Jesus comes with the healing of forgiveness. And so many of us can't receive an inner work because we want Jesus to do an external thing. Lord, I'm coming to you now because I need, I need that job. Because without that job, I'm not going to feel a sense of satisfaction or worth. My identity, which is actually built on that job instead of on, on, your, on, on, on you calling me a son. You know? and, and so I need, I need that, Lord. And we come to the presence of God telling him how he needs to heal us. I need that house. I need that car. I need that relationship. And just so often, and that the Lord, and, and yes, God can give us those things. But sometimes the Lord says, don't you understand? There's something deeper here. I'm not going to give you that, what you, what you want. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to touch. I'm going to forgive you. What you need is forgiveness, son. You need to be right with God. You need peace. You need shalom. You need right to be centered again in right relationship with me. Oh, you see, you need to know that the only thing holding you tighter than that paralysis is me. You need to know that. And when your identity is centered on who you are to me, 
you won't need half of what you think you need. Your requests of me will change. But folks, what I love about Jesus is yes, he begins to heal on the inside, but the healing on the inside doesn't stop with only inner healing. Because folks, a lot of the time we can't enjoy what he wants to give us because our loves are out of sync. It was Augustine who called sin disordered love or a, a disordered passions. And we want good things and we want to make them God things and we can't enjoy them the way the Lord wants us to enjoy them. So he comes to heal our hearts so that these things can be in our lives as blessings from the giver of all good things, but never as, as, as gods to us uh, that we build our identity on or our, 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 our sense of worth on, ever. Our oh, folks, if we would but come in the grace of the gospel, Lord, you can give me whatever you want to give me with just a word. And Lord, I'm willing to receive the inner healing. I will not be offended at grace. I will not be offended at what he would do. Last point. If I'm going to receive over this next week of prayer and fasting, I must remember that I have a reason to boldly approach. Hebrews 14 4.14, since then we have a great high priest who entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours who understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he, was with not, with, he did not sin. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. <laughs> there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. The reason you can have a confidence this morning is because he understands. It's because he understands. Because he understands, I can come broken. Because he understands, I can come in my brokenness. I don't have to have it together. I don't have to meet the conditions. He met them for me. He is my representative. He is my standard. His blood in the, that most holy place speaks to, is, is the acceptable thing before God. He is the propitiating sacrifice for you and for me. God is satisfied with the blood of Jesus. I can come in on the basis of his performance and not my own. I can come broken because he knows what it, what, he knows what it is to be alone. He knows what it is to be disappointed. He knows what it is to be rejected. He knows what it is to have sorrow upon sorrow. He knew what it was to go through every aspect of the human condition. He knew, and yet he was without sin. So that even when we slip below what we feel is the standard, he will forever be the standard bearer for us. So I can come in broken, I'd like to read lyrics to you from a song. And I'm definitely... I really need this. I really need this. I'm going to try and get through these lyrics and I'm going to get out of here. I would, I, I would never get in otherwise. I would never get in. I would never get in. 
at any other way. There's no way I could ever get in or expect anything from him any other way. It's the truth. It's a song by Chandler Moore. It's called He Understands. We have a friend who, we have a friend, he understands. There is nothing new under the sun. Questions we have have been said and done. Fully God and man, he felt it all, all, all. High as a king, but still low enough to meet us where we are. He understands. He was alone, left by his friends. Foxes have holes. He had no place to go, no place to lay his head. So if anyone knows, he understands. I found a friend in all I'm reaching who's not out of touch with reality. He was a man treated bad like me, so I won't feel guilty. He gives me space to be what I'm meant to be. And this is the part. Oh, how you feel inside. He understands. The tears you cry at night, he understands. I know you want to hide, but he understands. I know you want to run away, but he understands. I'm so glad that he understands. He's my friend and he understands. I don't have to worry, I don't have to fret. He understands. I have a friend and he understands, even, no one else, even if no one else understands, he understands. <laughs> even if no one else. Even if no one else understands. Even if no one else understands. If there's anybody you can approach, if there's anybody you can walk, you can run to, it's Jesus. Please don't give up. Please don't turn away with that broken thing in your life. Please don't let those barriers tell you something other than the fact that he understands and that he'll receive you as you are. He understands. Come on, can we just pray? Can we just pray this morning? Lift your hands with me just by faith. Jesus. Come on, just bless him right where you are. Begin to bless him this morning. Hallelujah. Some of us have been facing the same barriers for a long time. A long time running up against the same disappointments. Such great need, but such great disappointment. And some of us have been trying to press through our own sense of rejection our own sense of inadequacy, our own sense that we are not enough, that we can't receive. But this morning, God wants to break through. God wants your faith to rise this morning. Lift your hands with me. Lord Jesus, oh Lord, would you just touch me, Lord? Oh, faith has to rise in the house this morning. Begin to pray to him. Begin to speak to him again. Oh Lord, I'm bringing it to you again, Lord. I believe that I'll be received, Lord, if I continue to press in and ask and trust you. Oh, Lord. And some of us are bringing great needs. Some of us are bringing the needs of others. 
There's people in here this morning, there's people in your lives that need a breakthrough. And you're like the four friends bringing that person in on a mat before the Lord. People you know who are far away from God, don't give up, keep asking. This week, keep asking, keep trusting, keep believing. Oh, keep blessing him. Come on, let's just pray. Let's just sing. Ask Jesus to touch you. Ask, ask him to raise and lift your faith higher, higher than the barriers this morning. Well, bless you, Lord. We love you this morning. Thank you for your love, Jesus, for the cross. Amen, Lord. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.